Hello and welcome to the Courage to Be podcast, where we explore how to raise your game, lean into discomfort and have more impact and purpose. I am your host, Sinead Millard. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Courage to Be, where I speak to Emmy Faust. Emmy supports clients who are trying to start up and scale up their businesses and who are looking to secure investment and to spend that wisely. Emmy herself has a very rich professional background, having set up, scaled and sold multiple businesses in the media marketing space. Today, we take a step back and hear from Emmy in terms of the mistakes and the failures that she encountered along the way and how it took her some time to talk about these failures more openly. In particular, Emmy shares her experience on Dragon's Den, where she secured a large amount of funding, um, but later seeing that company fail and what that experience was like for her. That's all from me. I will hand you over to my conversation with Emmy. Emmy, you are very welcome. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Sinead. I am excited to be here. I love podcasts and I love podcasting. So yeah, it's really great to be able to be on here. So thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, You have such a rich professional background, Emmy, and with some great stories to tell, all of which I'm very excited to share with our audience. But in true Courage to Be style, can we start with some of the tougher experiences that you've had to deal with, in particular, some of the failures that you've encountered along the way? Yes, well, there is quite a lot. I think when we had a little chat um, a couple of weeks ago about doing this episode, I um, managed to rattle off quite a lot of um, times that had been a struggle or a failure. And I think, you know, there's been quite a few. So um, should I just knock out a few? <laughs> start, just start just a few. knock a few out. <laughs> just, yeah. So I think um, one of them that really strikes me, um, we could go back to the beginning. We could go back to we um, went on Dragon's Den. So we had a media, we just set up a media agency, myself and my business partner, Ed, a digital media agency and it was doing quite well and I love watching Dragon's Den and I remember sort of thinking gosh I wonder if this is actually like all real or if it's set up and I applied for a bit of a laugh um, with this business that we had on the side and we actually got on and um, I'd valued the business at two million quid even though it wasn't making any money at the time so obviously I needed to um, show all the workings and basically we ended up getting investment which was fantastic and fast forward probably about a year and one we we outsourced um some work some seo so search engine optimization it was a digital business to an agency and they kind of got us penalized in google we lost all of our business overnight and the business ended up failing and i think that was you know, that was quite tough just because we'd been on television, we'd had investment from Theo, we'd kind of put our head above the parapet, I suppose, by being on television. And then everyone kind of is always saying, gosh, you've got all that money on Dragon's Den, how did your business go? You know, how's it all going? And you kind of like have to just turn around and say, well, it's not going anymore. It's, it kind of was a failure. But then, and I think I was kind of, I did, I never used to talk about it. I did used to think that was kind of embarrassing that it failed. And I was definitely kind of quite mortified at the time. But however many years on, must be like, what, 
15 years on, I realised that that failure was probably the making of us. And we went on to have lots of successful businesses after that. So I think that you just learn, don't you, from your failures and you move on and you pick yourself up. And those learnings, those mistakes that you made, you don't make those mistakes again. So definitely, um, definitely worth learning from your mistakes and realizing that it's just all, it's all good in the end and it's all a great way to kind of move on and move forward. So that would be probably one of the earlier um, failings, which I think at the time was a little bit difficult to deal with just because everyone, just because it was so public. So then everyone's always asking you about how did it go and you just have got to say it failed. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's interesting because failure is sometimes romanticized. So in today's world, we hear a lot about failing forward or falling forward, as some refer to it. And it's almost like that's that must be part of your journey in order for you to be successful. But I also think that like it's interesting that you say it was 15 years on. Yeah. And and, and you're speaking about it, but it, it it takes time. And you touched on the word embarrassment and there's a degree mm. of shame that that really I think when we hear people share failures, as you just did quite um, articulately and, and clearly and, and being able to be very open about that, it tells me that you've had to process it because I can't imagine you can just go from kind of seeing the silver lining <laughs> and mm. straight away. I think, yeah, I think it's only recently that, you know, I've basically never, most people who know me, you know, more recently, like all my children's friends, mums and dads and stuff, like they would have never have known that I'd done that. I would never, I never, ever, ever talked about it up until recently when I was, you know, I was doing some work on my own mindset and my coach was saying to me why don't you tell anyone about all these amazing things you've done I mean you've secured 200 grand funding on Dragon's Den that's amazing why don't you tell anyone and I was kind of like well it's just embarrassing isn't it because that business failed and but actually you know what I learned from raising money from going on Dragon's Den through the business failing through all the other things I've learned so much and that's so much value that I can bring to other businesses And I think doing that work on my mindset and making me realize that it's all good, it's all positive, um, you know, stuff, and that actually I've learned things I can use to help other businesses, so I should talk about it more. So, yes, it's definitely something that I've only... I've only actually started talking about Dragon's Den um, recently, I'd probably say in the last year or so. And I think part of it was because... I feel like it's kind of not relevant because it failed. So why would anyone want to know? And actually, even though I did secure 200 grand, which was amazing because the business failed, it's sort of irrelevant. Um, I don't know why I don't really talk about it, but I think um, doing that mindset work has definitely made me change the way that I look at what I've done in the past and how it can help other people, what I've learned from those things. Mm, can you elaborate on that mindset work and maybe just talk us through what some of the big things were for you to uncover throughout that? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of has been life changing for me. By the way, sorry if you can hear doors slamming in the background. I've got four kids and a husband um, at home at the moment. Um, <laughs> so I would say what at the beginning of last summer, I was kind of really down because I knew that I'm really capable of doing great things and helping people grow businesses and I just wasn't working with the kind of clients I wanted to work with and I'd had 
some unsettling times. You know, I had these successful businesses, I sold them, had a couple of ups and downs in between. We can talk about that in a bit. My mind my, my minor stint at Google and a couple of business ventures that didn't go to plan. Um and so I think, you know, I'd forgotten about all the my successes and the things that I'd done really well. And I just couldn't understand why I didn't have any have as much work as I sh- could have or should have thought I should have. Um, I couldn't understand why I wasn't working at the level that I kind of wanted to, which would be you know very strategic, non-exec director level, and um, going in and helping scaling businesses to grow their businesses. And at one point, I only had um, one client, which I'd had for ages, and I was just doing a bit of work with them. And I spoke to this brilliant guy called Will Polston who's a mindset coach and strategist and I told him about my past and he was like oh my god this is amazing like honestly what you've done is incredible why don't you ever tell anyone and I said oh god I don't you know most of as I said not only did most of my children's friends perhaps not know about Dragon's Den most of them wouldn't have had a clue about any of the businesses that I'd run and that I'd sold them and that we'd done really well because I just didn't tell anyone because it's kind of like I don't want people to think that I'm, you know, that I've done really well. And I don't want people to think that I'm not humble. You know, we need to be humble, don't we? And we need, you know, that's the kind of, I did the thought and don't want to go around telling everyone I'm really successful and, and all those kind of things. And he said, but that's really selfish that you're kind of hiding and not telling anyone that you, because no one knows that you can help them. Um, you're basically hiding from people and so it's not surprising that you haven't got these great clients that you want to work with because they don't know you're capable of those things and I sort of made a list of things I wanted to do with him which involved you know having some amazing clients doing some non-exec director roles doing some pro bono um charity work um and spending more time with my kids charging more for the work that I do and pretty much all of those things um, have come true. So I've just been accepted by Virgin to be a startup mentor and I've already been matched, which is brilliant. I have been approached to be a non-exec director of one of my clients' businesses and potentially um, another one of my clients' businesses. So there's sort of two potential non-exec director roles. Um, and that's just because I've been going out there saying to people, I want to be a non-exec director. I love it. I've got loads of value to bring. Whereas before I was kind of hiding and not telling people that I was available for that. Um, And, you know, before coronavirus, I was fully booked with consultancy. And now I've still got um, two of those uh, projects and another one's in kind of hibernation, but we'll probably come back out the other side. So, you know, I've got more work than I've ever had. Um, And it's all from that bit of work I did, which was stop hiding, um, be proud of what I've done in the past, be happy to talk about it and to show people that I've learned so much and that I can, you know, really help them um, through all the things I've done, through securing investment, through setting up businesses, through selling businesses, through scaling businesses, through hiring people, you know, setting up businesses abroad. I've done so much and I was never outwardly talking about it because I was embarrassed about it. I don't know why I was embarrassed. It's so, so stupid. But mm, I was. no, it's 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 so inspiring and it's so incredible to hear because I think it's 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 also giving um giving confidence and, and information to the audience, which I guess it comes back to the courage to use your voice and and you talked about 
a few interesting things there, as you mentioned that, which is we must be seen to be humble, you know, and I think that's interesting as well, because it's there's this paradox of needing to demonstrate your value to the market, but then also be humble. And it's like a multitude of messages of who we should be. But fundamentally, it's understanding, OK, well, what's the reality of who I am and how do I want to share that? Mm-hmm. And if you if you think about kind of getting your voice out there and kind of coming out from hiding, so to speak, was was that a process? So where did that begin and how did it feel and what were some of perhaps the emotions or the discomforts that came up as you started to do that? I think, you know, I've got a podcast as well. So I think um, starting the podcast um, initially when I first, I've always wanted to know I had a podcast, but initially I didn't want to do my podcast about marketing and business growth because I was kind of scared to put myself out there so I did it about something totally different I did it about um the health and well-being for working mums because I just wanted to learn how to do podcasting and you know even that the fact that at the time I didn't feel comfortable to put myself out there to talk about what I'm really good at and what I've been doing for 20 years is kind of I find looking back on it you know that's interesting I was really struggling to even do my trailer for my podcast I remember it being such a big thing um so yes you know showing up and changing the way that I I was and being more open and starting to tell more stories about my background and updating my LinkedIn profile and talking about the things that I've done that I don't think that came easily easy easy straight away and then it was interesting because actually, yes, two days ago, I connected with this guy who does recruitment for scaling businesses. And we were talking and I was having, we were having a real laugh. And he sort of said something to me about me being confident, almost, not overconfident at all. He wasn't saying overconfident. He just said something about my confidence. And I thought, gosh, you know, he's picked up that I'm really confident and that I really know my staff and that I'm like, you know, and I know that I'm a great non-exec director. And I was like really kind of selling myself thinking I'm a great, I'd be a great person for a digital business. And he said something about my confidence. And I thought, gosh, you know, I've really changed because last summer I wouldn't have been saying those kind of things that I, I couldn't get them out of my mouth. Whereas now I just, it comes naturally because I know that that's that I can help people so it's kind of makes sense for me to tell people that so I don't know if that answers your question but I think it does am I finding it easier to to talk about those things um on social media in my conversations yeah you know on my website I now say I want long-term relationships with businesses that I believe in where I might sit on the board as non-exec director I'm I'm out there now telling people what what I want and, and how I can help them Whereas before, I think I was just thinking, well, maybe people will just realise that I've got that capability and they'll come and ask me. The assumption that we'll be picked and even yeah. you know, people, the best people in their industry are not picked. And I think it also comes back to maybe some of the associations that we place on putting ourselves out there or asking mm. for what it is we need. Um, and then when we kind of move to the topic of tough conversations so you strike me as someone but I think it's interesting that you've I've now learned more about you in in this Mm -hmm. last 14 minutes but you do strike me as someone that is perhaps um who who perhaps doesn't shy away from tough or candid conversations am I right in saying that or is that something you've had to work on and I'm also thinking of what you told me when we first spoke about leaving Google which maybe you can draw on that story here too yeah I think you know well 
when you talk about tough conversations, I definitely have tough conversations with my clients that are challenging for me, where I'm maybe having, you know, I'm being very honest with them about things that I've spotted or that I've seen. And, you know, sometimes those conversations are difficult for me to deliver um, in a nice, kind, empathetic way and for them to 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 listen. So, yeah, I, d- tough conversations is definitely part of what I what I have to do as part of my job. But it's not and it's definitely something I'm getting better at. Um, I think Google, that was a tough conversation with myself, actually, and a tough conversation with just that definitely was something that was difficult for me because when I saw my business, I kind of was like, oh, what am I going to do? And I thought, well, I'll go and work for Google because I'm digital, ex- you know, I, I, I'm digital marketing is kind of was my thing. That was what our media agency did. Google is the pinnacle of amazingness. And I remember reading a book when I was really, really young, just as Google was starting. And I was just like, wow, this business is great. Wouldn't it be great to work there? And anyway, I finally got a job there it took about six months and I was really really pleased because I think part of it was I wanted to just know I could get a job at Google um got a job at Google jumped through all these hoops you know so many interviews and finally agreed on a deal I had three children at the time and I've now got four um and when I got there I realized that I really really didn't like it um I think going from being an entrepreneur running your own business, having a handle of looking after staff, doing new business, um, meeting clients. Um, you know, there's such such a variety. It's so exciting. There's so much going on. And then I got pigeonholed into this department where I was just doing one specific thing. And I, I was working um, in the gambling department, which I really didn't like either. And it just you know, it wasn't filling me with joy at all. I was getting, leaving home at half seven to get to work for half eight so that I could then leave at half five to get home for half six. So basically seeing the kids um, for about half an hour in the morning, max and half an hour in the evening, which I'd worked out was sort of 10 minutes per child per day if I was lucky. And um, when we were there, we sold our second business which my other business which my business partner had been running um and we did really well out of that and so I was in a position that I didn't actually you know need to be working and I was only doing it because I loved it and I love my work it's very you know my work is something that brings me loads of joy and and is very important to me but I wasn't happy at all and um you know it's difficult when you're at Google because everyone says oh you're so lucky you've got a job at Google you should be so grateful you should be so humble you've got the best job on the planet kind of thing and for me it just wasn't you know I think for people at different stage of their lives or their careers or whatever it probably is good um in fact two of the guys that work for me in my agency who are brilliant one of them was already there at Google and another one went to work for Google after me and they both absolutely loved it and I said I said to Chris who used to work for me you should go and you know get a job at Google because you'd love it because the life stage that he was at with like you know it was brilliant it was an amazing opportunity for him but for me having sold a business and having three children and working in the department I was I was really unhappy and that was a really tricky um, decision to make because it's something that I'd wanted for so long I'd spent so long getting the job I was so excited it's also kind of, again, it's that embarrassment, isn't it? You've got to tell everyone you're leaving Google after only being there for six weeks. And everyone's thinking, why are you leaving Google? That's like the best job on the planet. What's wrong with you? Um, so, yeah, that was a tricky, tricky conversation, tricky situation. 
difficult one, never, ever regretted it, you know, came out of that and decided that I'm not going to work for anyone else again. I'm going to work for myself. I'm going to do consultancy. I'm going to do what I love. I'm going to try and show up and help people, add value where I can and do something that I can fit in around my children. Yeah, and I guess as you're telling that story, I can't help but think, myself included, him who stayed in a job for for many years, even when I knew the time was right to leave. <laughs> um, there's just a lot of the clients that I work with as well who are very ready to leave um, their corporate jobs for many reasons, but it is a very difficult and big decision for them. And there's just something about, I mean, how long did you stay in Google for it? Was it six weeks that you said? Yeah, it was six weeks. I can't remember. Um, was it six weeks and I got notice of a, I think it was six weeks. I was actually yeah. there and then I got a four week notice. Then I handed my notice. They gave me like four weeks. It was something like, I mean, it was very, very, very short amount of time. I kind of, when I got there, I did say, this isn't going to be sustainable. Is there a way for me to work, you know, less yeah. or work from home at the time? Mm. It wasn't because of my role. So, yeah, I mean... <laughs> that's the part that I'm impressed with though in the sense that so what is that something that stems back from you know your childhood or how you were raised is that nurture is that nature that you had the courage to make a decision that you knew fundamentally was right so you could make it after six weeks or you could make it after two years Um, and you you had clarity on the decision so what enabled you to have the courage to make that decision so quickly I make decisions very quickly some you know a lot of people think I flit around like I kind of will decide to do something and then, you know, if it doesn't work out, boom, I'll be on to the next thing. So I think lots of people think that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, I think for me, I've learned to listen to myself. I can feel that gut feeling inside me when something's not right. And I, in the past, I haven't listened to that. I can't, I mean, I can't think of exact, well, I can think of a couple of, you know, times, but I haven't listened to it and I pushed through it. And now if I get that feeling, I know I'm just going to take action, you know, straight away. And look, it wasn't an easy decision. I do remember that I did have a coach that um, I'd worked with a bit when I had my media agency and I called her up and I actually remember I called her from the Google offices in, in I went and found this little pod and I called her. I can't remember if I was crying. I don't know if I was crying because it was kind of upsetting because I put so much energy and effort into getting this job and it was such a letdown that it hadn't worked and, you know, and I also remember both me and my husband having to be away at the same time with work and I was just like this isn't sustainable you know I had to go off to Dublin for two days staying in this kind of not very nice hotel and my children whereas obviously you know when when I work myself around my own business we would have decided when we were going away to see clients or traveling whatever and I was like this isn't sustainable so yeah I remember I did talk I did have the help of a coach who just said you know, she just listened to me and she was like, well, I think you made your mind up, haven't you? Just got to do it. And so I did it. But yeah, I think I'm, I don't, I, I think this intuition, this feeling inside me, this gut feeling, I kind of know when something's not right and mm-hmm. I'm getting better at listening to it and making, taking action before I have to deal with it for a long time. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you mention a coach, like the notion of having a coach when I was in corporate just never even crossed my mind. And it seems so obvious to me now. And I'm always interested as to how it would have supported me within that environment. Having a coach, was that something that you invested in very early on in your career? 
No, well, that's really interesting, isn't it? So obviously, had it not been for my business, I would not have had a coach or known about having coaches. And I wouldn't have had anyone to talk to about the Google thing. And, I, you know, I might, might have, you know, I might not have made those decisions. And actually, I was talking on my podcast, which has just come out today, I was talking to um, Rebecca Morley, who's a leadership coach about the fact that when we were growing and scaling our business, we didn't really have, we had a non-exec director, but we didn't have a coach. And looking back, I'm like, oh, it would have been so great to have had a coach, someone who could have just supported me and, you know, maybe a different person from both me and my business partner, um, but someone that could have supported us on that journey because it's so stressful. I only found this coach just before I sold my business. Um, and so I probably had two sessions with her. She's called Jessica Chivers. She's brilliant. And she kind of, at the time, she was specialises specialised with women kind of returning to work I think she does you know more than that now but it was just lucky that I'd had two sessions with her when I had my business right at the end so at the end of a 10-year kind of tenure um that I had her and I felt comfortable to call her and when I was at Google and just say you know can I have your help because now I've actually got two coaches now I've got two business coaches and um you know, I absolutely love it. And I had Will, I worked with Will, you know, on my mindset. Um, and he was amazing. And he totally changed things for me. And I just think it's brilliant. We need someone, we all need someone who can have our backs, who can be a sounding board that can be someone that's independent of our families, independent from our business partners or our work who can be there for us. So yeah, I think um, that's, it's something that I'm really interested in thinking about. I don't think when I ran my business, it was the norm, whereas I think it's become much more normal now. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I know you're going to hold me to um, a to kind of adhere to our time. This time I'm a little bit of a devil for going over. So I'm going to slowly <laughs> come to a wrap. But what's the biggest lesson you've learned in career to date? Wow, that is a big one. That's an unexpected question because you just jumped that on me. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I always think about. I always think about my first boss, um, Anna, Anna Barwick. And she was amazing to all her staff. She looked after her staff so well. When we used to work for her um, and we were kind of working on the road and stuff, she used to put us up in these most amazing hotels, like, you know, really amazing hotels and really look after us. And we were at university she used to pay us really well. We had a real laugh. And I just learned, that was my first kind of job, proper job. And from her, I learned that your staff, the people that work for you are the most important thing in your business. You've got to look after them. And ever since that, I always tried to make sure that I really nurtured the people that worked for me. We took on a lot of placement students. We had a lot of interns. And I kind of, you know, for me, it was really important that people enjoyed their jobs and they felt challenged and that um, we did as, you know, whatever we could to look after them. So uh, there's loads of, there's loads of lessons I've learned. There's lots of things that, you know, I take, but I think looking after your staff, which are basically the lifeblood of your business is so important. And um, if you look after them, they look after you. So that's just the way it works. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. And thanks for, for your honesty. Um, with oh, your don't worry. I love it. And, and, and for people who are interested in connecting with you, Emmy, or following you, can you direct them? Yes. Um, so you can um, find me at emmyfaust.com. 
you can listen to my podcast which is starting to scale with emmy faust and also i am on linkedin most of the time so that's just linkedin and then forward slash emmy faust so come and say hi love to connect with you know people i love collaborating love connecting and i love seeing what all these things can make possible amazing emmy thank you so much Thank you, Sinead. It's been amazing. It's been really great to chat to you. So thanks for inviting me onto the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If there's something that you've heard in this episode that has resonated with you, or perhaps you think it could benefit someone else, then please do share this link or start the conversation. If you haven't done so already, click on the subscribe button in your listening app. And as always, I really value your feedback. So please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And for more information, full show notes, links and resources, you can pop over to my website, SineadMillard.com. See you next time back here on The Courage To Be.